Let the words of my lips and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. I read a beautiful reflection by the Reverend Nadia Bowles-Weber this week where she used the image of her apartment building and the electrical wiring to make sense of maybe what I'll call the human condition. And it resonated because it sounded like her kitchen and, and I learned after the nine o'clock a lot like Frank's uh, and Marty's condominium are, are very similar. Um, whenever we had one of those like first generation Keurig machines and if you were making coffee and you tried to start the microwave, everything in the kitchen would shut down. And then you ended up having to go to the fuse box, reset it, and voila, you could begin again whatever it is you were doing in the kitchen. Now she used this, this metaphor to talk about, I think, our capacity, maybe our capacity for care and empathy um, in the kind of overwhelming state of our world. And it feels maybe a little bit heavier than it has felt in my adulthood at this time. We, um, between, uh, I mean, I think probably by the time you leave, we might even have an RV in the back parking lot with people evacuating from New Orleans. We have a mess in Afghanistan. We have um, wildflowers out west. Um, there's been destruction in Haiti recently. And that's not even, you know, scratching the surface with what we're all feeling with this pandemic and trying to do our best to make decisions that we think are in our best interest and yet knowing that that is coming, um, is butting heads with people we love and care about. And then we see our friends and loved ones posting things on social media and we can't quite respond in the same way. And so the image that Weber is saying is that maybe we do not have the capacity to handle all of this. And so we see some kind of travesty that somebody that we love cares about and we know that we should probably care about too. And it's like the coffee pot hitting brew at the same time that the microwave is going off. And we shut down. And we wonder if we should care as much as the other person that we love cares. And yet, maybe we are not wired in that way. Maybe we are not wired to handle the weight of every single thing that is happening in the world. Maybe we can handle the grief and pain of those that are closest to us. Maybe we are wired in that way. But when more and more comes flooding our way, it is causing us to break down. We say things, we write things, we text things that probably on a better day we wouldn't say or text. And the fuse box is flipped and our circuits are broken. Now, I, I say that, 
gives an idea that I don't think it's really my place to claim this, but I, I think it'd be kind of cool if we at St. Stephen's pronounced this, that maybe this coming year needs to be a year of jubilee. You know that year that's supposed to happen, like in the, in the Bible, it's supposed to happen every 50 years where everybody's slate is just wiped clean. And it doesn't matter what you've texted or said or posted or what somebody else has, everybody is free. We need a year of jubilee. And be a cool thing to kind of claim at St. Stephen's for the world. Um, but I say that, I put that in one camp over here, and, and then to look at today's gospel kind of presents something very different. So the gospel today, um, the, the Pharisees are kind of questioning Jesus and his practices. Um, it's pretty clear they haven't washed their hands or food before they're eating, and they're, they're violating the commandments that has been passed down to them. And often there's a lot of restrictions on how things are supposed to be done in the Old Testament. But, but really they're not done for theological reasons. Sometimes they are, but most of the time they come from some reason that made sense for that community. So when you read in Leviticus that you're not supposed to eat shellfish... It probably has to do with people getting sick at one time. And so that law then to protect the well-being of the people, well, just don't eat shellfish. You've got to wash your food and wash your hands before you eat because it protects us. It makes sure that the food is safe and clean. So those practices have to do they have to do with the well-being of the community. And what's interesting is that Jesus says, look, you're so focused on the well-being of the community, but here's the thing. Like, if, if people's, like, if they don't actually have the capacity to care, like, if their hearts aren't transformed in a way, like, that's what really matters, like, the people's desires and intentions. It's not the practices from the outside. It's a, it's a transformed heart. I, mean, I had a, a mentor um, early in my ministry, my friend Chip, and we would talk about, like, what's the real mission of the church? Like, the real reason we're gathered here, it's not about what you're going to learn or profess. Like, what it's really about is transformed hearts. Now, we could never figure out how you actually measure that. But like that was, and I, and I still think today, like that's like, you want a church on fire? Can you like, we should have transformed hearts to care, to love, right? That's why we gather here. So, I realize what I've done is I've created two things that kind of stand in contradiction to each other. One is that the purpose of being here is so that our hearts are transformed to love and to serve God through each other. And that yet what we're learning today, and I think there's some wisdom in this, is that we may not have the capacity to carry the entire weight of the world. And in fact, when it all comes flooding towards us, it's like flipping on 
the microwave when your coffee pot is going and the kitchen shuts down. Now what that does is that creates a paradox, right? We have two competing goods that are at odds with each other. Our purpose is to have transformed hearts to care and to love, and yet we do not have the capacity to fully do that. There's one way that that is resolved. It's the only way that I can come up with, and that's grace. It's jubilee. It's the recognition that, and, and, and I don't know if really this year is any more broken than any other year. There's always sin and evil in the world. And, but in this, this moment, the scriptures create this paradox with our condition. And the only way to resolve that is grace. It's grace for ourselves. It's grace for each other. It's grace for the person that writes you a mean email because they don't like the policies that you've adopted for your workplace. <laughs> it's grace for the things that have been said, the things that you have said. It's grace to know that we cannot perfectly figure this out. And the more that comes up at us and the more that we try to solve and be right, the more our system's going to shut down. It's actually my hope that in learning to extend grace to each other, in this struggle of doing what is right and, and loving each other, is that maybe that does actually allow our hearts to be transformed. And that in doing so, we are being shaped as God invites us to be shaped. So let us be people of Jubilee. Let us be people of Jubilee, maybe pronounce 2022, something new to look forward to. <laughs> Wiping everyone's slates clean. Because grace is the only way we can make sense of who God has created in the midst of the pain of this world. And that is good news. Amen.